Hey, it's Ryan Doyle from TDR's Guaranteed Money. Everybody is talking about the upcoming NFL kickoff, but how do you bet NFL team win totals? There's a system for that. There's a way to handicap it. I share all my secrets and lay it all out for you bare. We also talk a little bit about two big plays tonight, two big predictions, one in the MLB and one in the CFL as Guaranteed Money gets rolling. And welcome to TDR's Guaranteed Money. I am Ryan Doyle. No millennial entrepreneur Anthony Verrill this time around, and that's okay. We miss him. It's not that we don't miss him. He's, he's not here. He's at a, uh, a massive trade show that's going on in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Lucky him. Gets to hang out uh, right there on the Jersey Shore. So he will be back in the next uh, week or so. Uh, but we are going to do something a little different. Let me get the legal stuff out of the way before we begin, because I'm really excited about what we've got on today's show. All views in the Guaranteed Money podcast and the guests in this podcast are purely opinion. You should not treat any opinions expressed by us or our guests as investment advice. I guess that's me. Uh, the views on this podcast are solely intended to be informational and are not investment advice. The reason I am excited is I think a, I think it's twofold, really. One, we're going to talk about football. Yeah, it's about that time, right? We're approaching August. We're getting close. Uh, we're going to get into some football conversation. And what I really want to do today, and this is what excites me, because I've been handicapping sports for the better part of, I want to say, three decades now. I started when I was a teenager. Uh, if you don't know that, uh, there's a little bit of information for you. I, I started very young. I uh, wasn't always great at this. This is something that I've learned over time. And I think that if you're out there, uh, you're new to sports wagering, you want to get your toe wet, you want to get your foot in the water a little bit and figure out what it's all about, uh, this is kind of the show for you. Because what I do is... I take some of what I've learned over time and hopefully educate you on how to make money. And again, I want to say and stress this, this is a show that's dedicated to educating you on how to make money, but it's a process. It does take some time. It, it, it's not a Rome being built in a day kind of scenario. It takes time to learn things. You're going to get some hints. You're going to get some secrets. You're going to get some edges from me uh, that might quicken that pace, which is a good thing. We're here uh, we're here kind of to serve, really. Uh, today on the show, I've got one baseball pick for you. I'm going to give you that later on. I uh, haven't forgot about what's going on in America's pastime. There's a lot of good value out there. Hit a winner myself last night. We'll talk about that a little later on in the show. I've got one pick north of the border in the CFL. Uh, if you don't follow CFL football, if you don't bet on CFL football, uh, there's a lot of value when it comes to CFL football. I'll explain why little later on the show with a prediction and a pick for tonight if you're looking to, to put some money behind a side. And what I'm going to break down is, is one NFL team total future play. What team total futures are is basically predicting how many games a team is going to win. But you don't have to actually set the number. The book sets the number. You just have to predict whether it's going to go over or under. And this particular pick I've been salivating over since I handicapped it the other day. This is the kind of play then in a very good way, keeps me up at night waiting for the NFL season to start. I'm sure many of you are thinking to yourself, yeah, I just can't wait for this. I, I don't know if I can take much more baseball in the middle of August. I want football season to be here already. Well, when I look at the, the team totals, one of the keys to figuring out win totals in the NFL is to really try and understand how the bookmakers come up with the number in the first place. They put them out there for all 32 teams, and that's kind of the formula I'm going to share with you on the show today. When you can... When you can plug this formula in, when you're sitting down to make these bets, the first thing I do when I'm looking at season win totals is I do a massive deep dive on last year's schedule. What games were legitimate losses for teams and what teams should be afforded an asterisk? And those exist 
based on circumstances that were well out of their control. And as I explained, it's pretty straightforward stuff, right? You're betting on how many games a team will win during the course of the season. You don't have to pick that total. And I think where I want to start today, there is a lot of vital information when it comes to last season. If you're the type of person that looks at team totals and they're up there, they're on every book, they're on every app, you can get them, you can actually shop, sometimes you'll get better value. Uh, and look at different books. Some will give you, you know, a little bit of extra value taking a team total over or under that total. When I look at it, if you're just guessing, if you're just going to sit there and guess what teams are going to win based on last season, you're just doing that. You're just guessing. You're, you know, if you've read all of the headlines and you've said, well, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs are getting a lot of attention this year, or the Miami Dolphins are getting a lot of attention this year because of some of the moves they've made. And then you put over or under that total. You're not doing your job. You're just not doing your job. That's not handicapping totals. What that is, is is playing a guessing game. And you're going to ultimately lose more than you're going to win. So I would highly recommend don't do that. When I sit down, I dissect, I dissect every team in the league when looking at team totals. And I just don't look at how many games a team has won or lost. It is absolutely critical. And I stress this. It is absolutely critical to look at what those wins and losses looked like last season. There's a few things that I comb over. You know, you got to look at how well they were playing a team. Were the losses last year close, meaning games that could have gone either way? I think you've also got to look at the quality of opposition these teams faced last year. Ask yourself the question, were these losses against teams that were playoff teams? Were these losses against teams that were in the Super Bowl last year, meaning the, the Rams or the Bengals? Did teams suffer losses there? Uh, you've got to ask yourself this. Which players, how many players, were injured or suspended in that season? You know, it's one thing to lose an NFL football game, but did these teams that you're looking at lose because they had cluster injuries, meaning one position was just decimated by injuries. You know, for example, a lot of teams last year had massive cluster injuries when it came to their secondary. Well, that's a bit of a a bit of an important fact, don't you think, when you're looking into what those losses actually looked like. Same goes for star players. Are we looking at teams that had injuries to quarterbacks or running backs or key wide receivers? And when they were back, and this is even more important, if the teams were losing without those star players, were they starting to win when they were back at full strength? Did it pull them out of that losing skid? I think that is a vital piece to the puzzle. You also, when you're taking a look at the win totals, and I hope that you're making notes. You know, this is the, the best part of the podcast. If you've got a comment, by the way, if you've got a question about these, feel free to drop me a question. Happy to interact with you that way. Uh, I think it's also vital to remember that teams in the NFL offseason don't stand still. So you could have a team last year that you know won three games, and you probably on paper think to yourself, that's pretty pathetic. Clearly, they're going to go under again this year. They, you know, the, the total set at five or six wins. I think they're going to go under based on that. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Remember, these teams are businesses. They don't stand still. You need to look at what changes have been made uh, when it comes to players, when it comes to personnel, coaches leaving, and those joining the team. And I do take a very deep look into personnel changes. You know, I'm more interested in free agency, if I'm going to be fully honest. Than the draft, I keep an eye out for real game-changing pieces that have been added to a team. I give equal weight, though, to silent upgrades. Teams acknowledging, you know what, we don't have a good offensive line. We didn't have a great defensive line. 
those might not be as splashy when it comes to signings and free agent signings in the offseason, but they are necessary for teams to evaluate. And the teams that do it right, the teams that you really want to start to look at, are teams that have addressed those needs in the offseason and plugged those holes in an adequate way. Now, you might be asking yourself this question, Ryan, and I'm going to I'm going to do this because Anthony's not here. So I got to ask myself the question with my own name. Uh, Ryan, why don't you put a lot of stock into draft picks? And this isn't everybody's strategy. This isn't everybody's philosophy. It's simply mine. I'm handing you the keys to what I do. The reason I don't put a lot of stock in the in the draft when handicapping is that a lot of the post draft grades. So a lot of the letter grades you see after draft day and after the draft weekend is wrapped up. You'll see guys, I think a lot of them are wrong, to be quite frank with you. I've seen guys that have walked away in a draft with a C or a C-minus grade that have made the Pro Bowl that year. And the so-called can't-miss players, I've seen them completely whiff and become complete busts. For me, the draft, unless it's in the top couple of picks, so a team that has really added just an absolute stud to their arsenal, almost like, and again, I'm going to say can't-miss, but when you're up in that one, two, rarefied air, uh, top spots in the draft, unless it's those type of drafts, it's a too, it's too volatile a metric for me. So I choose to look at more established players that are landing at teams in new spaces in free agency. So when you've got this in front of you, and let me just recap what I've just said, look at the personnel moves in the offseason, really get down, and we'll talk a little bit about it further with my pick today, really drill down on what the losses looked like last year and what the wins looked like last year for particular teams were, you know, were the teams that were winning playing against teams that were decimated. That's just as an important metric, right? You want to know that you were up against almost even competition and the team that you're looking at for a win total to go over was actually playing somebody that was of their caliber. Then, of course, you want to go into this year's schedule. And specifically, I hone in on the strength of a team's division. And why do I do that? Uh, it's important. It's way more important than many people think when it comes to analyzing season win totals. They're going to be playing each one of their division rivals twice. They're going to be playing these teams twice during the regular season. That's a total of six games, folks, which is a significant percentage of the regular season. 37.5% for my math geeks out there. So you clearly need to think about their chances in those games. If we're talking about a team in a weak division or especially strong division, if we're talking unders, that's definitely going to have a, a effect and an impact on the prospective win total. Now, I also, of course, look at the strength of the rest of the team schedule outside of the division. Seems kind of obvious, but you'd be stunned how many people don't take the time to actually do it. So when I go into handicapping, I look at things like travel, for example. who, Which, which teams play at home? Who they play on the road? They're all necessary metrics to factor in. And, of course, rest. We've got a lot of teams on this NFL season, in the 2022-2023 uh, season, that are playing on short weeks multiple times over and over and over again. That is a metric that, when you look at it, when you look at it historically, has a major impact on a team and a team's performance. And one of the other things that I think you need to look at when it comes to handicapping win totals, and I'm so glad we're talking about football. God, when that kickoff happens, and when we do shows about the football season here on Guaranteed Money, I just can't wait. I am I am so jacked up to get football go, going, whether it's preseason, whether it's regular season. Let's just go already. Uh, yeah, one of the other factors that I do look at is the public. And this is one that, that might not get completely recognized, but public perceptions of teams. So the way the general public, the great unwashed, the uninformed masses, 
public perception of teams can actually have a significant impact on the odds and the lines when it comes to win totals. Bookmark, bookmakers aren't stupid, right? They will set a higher line than it should be if they're confident the public. I'm not talking about you if you're tapped in, if you know what you're doing, if you're into the wagering space. But if the public is hot on a team for whatever reason, the media could be paying a lot of attention to them during the offseason. They could just be popular teams like the Cowboys, the Steelers, the Packers. The bookmakers will bait that hook. They will bait that hook knowing certain teams will attract people who fully haven't done their homework. It's just an absolute fact. So you got to look at that as well. So a couple of things there, right? Last season's schedule, do a deep dive. Have a big look. <clears throat> Have a big look at things. And then you've got to look at this season's schedule. Then you take a look at who the public might like, what kind of lines have moved based on the public perception. Uh, you've got some of the other things I've mentioned about travel, about uh, rest, and that type of thing. That gets me, we're going to go right into the picks here, I think, because I really want to do a deep dive and explain to you what I just said in, in practical terms with a real-life example. This season, there's one team that stands out to me above, and this is head and shoulders above, other teams when it comes to win totals. And you're going to laugh, likely, when I say it. But the Detroit Lions, right now, currently, the line opened at six wins for the season. The Detroit Lions currently sit at six and a half wins for the season. On paper, I have this as an eight-win football team. And you're thinking to yourself, Ryan, you're nuts. This is the Detroit Lions we're talking about. How could you even have how can you even have a serious conversation about a team and a franchise that has been so pathetic? And that's the public narrative, right? People view the Detroit Lions as a bad football team because that's been their pedigree over time. Now, you look at last year, for example, the Detroit Lions, and this is where we're really going to start to use the information I just handed you to do it and put it into a practical a practical application. A season ago, the Detroit Lions projected win total was set at three games, three, uh, in a 17-game season. They ended up pushing. They finished three, 13, and one. But they won the final three games in the final six weeks of the season. They started, if you remember, 0-8. The Lions went to Pittsburgh as more than a two-touchdown underdog and tied the Steelers 16-16 in overtime. Following two single-possession losses against the Cleveland Browns and the Chicago Bears, Detroit captured their first victory of the season at Ford Field against the Minnesota Vikings. It was 29-27. It was actually quite the football game. But think about that for a second. You've got a tie, then you've got two, two losses by a single possession against the Browns, who are a decent team, and against the Chicago Bears, who weren't great, but you see where Detroit's momentum is starting to build. And I think perhaps the most impressive victory for the Detroit Lions came two weeks later after beating the Vikings. They demolished the Arizona Cardinals. Wasn't even close. They demolished the Arizona Cardinals 30-12. to 12. That, for the record, was an Arizona Cardinals team that went to the playoffs. They were home underdogs in that game by more than two touchdowns. Now you're starting to see where I'm coming from. Let's look at the offseason, shall we? You look at the offensive line, the defensive line. There have been improvements made. They've added some playmakers to complement veteran QB Jared Goff. Yeah, he's still there, remember? So you look at the number. You can get it at six in some places. It's six and a half in most places that I've looked at. When you look at the Lions riding the ship last year, it happened in the second half of the season. They lost just five of their final nine games. They went three and three in the last six games of the year. 
They lost six games last year by one possession. And when you go further into the Lions, let's look at injuries, right? I mentioned it when we talked about handicapping win totals. Let's look at injuries and how it impacted the Lions roster last year. The injuries played a massive factor. The team lost two starting offensive linemen to injury. That was early on. Tyler Decker, Frank Ragno. They lost receivers Quinton Cephas and Tyler Williams, who were both projected as starters. The secondary, you want to talk cluster injuries? Jeff Okuda goes down. You got another person in the secondary that went down. And then, to top it all off, Jared Goff was injured. DeAndre Swift was injured. TJ Hawkinson was injured. Those are three of Detroit's most talented pieces. They all missed time down the stretch, and the Lions still won three games. In the offseason, we talk about making moves. And, you know, we'll do this about other teams that I that I like and I'm looking at. But, I'm you know, today it's a deep dive on the Detroit Lions. Today it's sort of an example of how to look at win totals. When you look at the offseason, they signed DJ Chark in free agency to bolster their wide receiver room. It's a nice addition. It's a nice piece. They also added Mike Hughes, Deshaun Elliott. That's going to bolster that secondary. And as much as I don't solely put stock in the draft, as I mentioned before, they arguably picked up the best player available in the draft, in Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. So when I look at that, I think, okay, we're talking about a once-in-a-generational player, at least in my estimation, in Aiden Hutchinson. You've got a team bolstering their secondary, bolstering their wide receiver space. This is also a team, when you look at it from last year, and this might surprise you, and I hope that you've stuck in for this piece of information, because this is what I like to do. I like to drop information bombs on you, right? Drop some information nuggets here. The Lions have a solid offensive line. How many bad teams can you say that about? I can't, I can't think of any, to be honest with you. This is a bad football team on paper from last year that has a very solid offensive line. The Lions' five projected starters along the offensive line allowed just 11 sacks last year. They had a massive pro football focus grade, 75.3. Their unit for 2022 is ranked in the top five in the league. Top five in the league. So there's a lot of boxes to tick as we steam towards that many victories. And as I mentioned, schedule. Let's talk a little bit about schedule this year. I don't think it's fair to just look at the the media number out there, but it's important. It's not it's it's sort of lazy in a way if you say, well, the Lions have the fifth easiest schedule in the league, so therefore they're gonna win a lot of games. I don't think it's as simple as that. I think you've got to use a lot of the other metrics that I just mentioned, but you also have a situation where you, you, deep, you dive a little deeper, right? Fifth easiest schedule is, in fact, where the Lions stand. But when you go deeper, which you need to do, the Lions rank second. And Warren Sharp, if you don't follow him, a good buddy of mine, George, got me onto following Warren Sharp a long time ago. He calculates a lot of great things. If you don't follow him on Twitter, if you, don't, if you haven't been on his website, check him out because the guy is as knowledgeable and as resourceful, and he shares the information, which I love, uh, as they come out there. When you look at Warren Sharp's calculated net rest edge. And what that is, is a metric that looks at how much rest a team has versus their opponents in a season. If you look at the schedule this year, the Lions have 12 more rest days of rest than their opponents do in 2022. 12 more days. And when you look a little closer, there isn't a single game in which this Detroit Lions team will have less rest than their opponent does this year. The Lions are the only team that can say that. And part of it has to do with the fact they just don't have that many primetime games on the schedule, right? They're only going to have to play on a short week twice, Thanksgiving, and they've got a Saturday game. Their opponents 
Obviously, we'll be on a short week too, but Detroit doesn't have to play a single team coming off their bye week or a team getting extra rest after a Thursday game. And I think those are important metrics that don't get factored in to the ultimate, the ultimate number. And as I said, the Lions do see an uptick. The line moved from six and a half to from six during the offseason. I see the Lions getting to eight wins this season. I'm confident with this play. I have made this play myself. For me, take the Detroit Lions over the win total of six and a half. I'm not saying it's guaranteed money. I'm saying that that is my sort of educational uh, look at to how, as to how to handicap these things. And hopefully, you know, you make some money off of that type of thing. And again, use that metric that I just outlined with the Lions for every other single team in the league. And we'll do some of these from time to time when Anthony's back, have a conversation, go a little deeper on it. But those are the things you really need to look at uh, when it comes to predicting win totals. Don't just guess. Don't just put your finger up the air and hope the wind blows the way you want it to. That's not going to get you anywhere. That's not going to get you to the dance. A couple other things that I wanted to outline. Of course, I mentioned that I'm going to have a baseball pick for you today. Here it is. I had this team last night, which I loved. I looked at it. It was 6-5 Red Sox last night. Uh, I thought for sure the Cleveland Guardians were going to be good enough. This was, I think, in the seventh inning last night. So I hit them in-game. I got them at plus 225. Cleveland's just one of those type of teams when they're playing shakier opposition, you have to you have to give them respect when they're behind. And I did that last night. I do not trust the Boston Red Sox in any way, shape, or form. I think this this team's psyche has been kicked to high hell uh, given the blowout loss that they faced against the Toronto Blue Jays, the embarrassing loss uh, where the Jays put up, what, 27, 28 runs on them. Uh, the Guardians themselves in today's game, let's take a look at it. They've won six of their last eight. They're playing well offensively. They've scored 11 runs in their last three road games. I expect this team to continue doing what they've, do, what they've done, which is hitting the ball well. And they've hit the ball well against right-handers. You got Crawford on the mound today. He struggled in recent starts. He's given up six runs in his last two starts. He gave up five runs in his lone start against the Guardians. I think he's going to have a hard time keeping this offense in check today. The Red Sox, look at them. I think, again, a team that has no confidence, that's playing like a, a beaten dog. They are defeated. They are downtrodden. They've lost six of their last seven games, four of their last five home games. They've played decently. As I mentioned, they put up six runs last night. But I just expect them to struggle against good pitching. And McKenzie for the Guardians, who's on the mound today, is a great pitcher. You know, he's given up one run in his last four starts. He gave up one run in his last two road starts. I think he keeps Boston's offense in check. I think Cleveland is the the great play here. You're getting them at a good value price at minus 111. Give me the Cleveland Guardians based on all of that and more. I think this is as easy as they come as far as reading and handicapping games. As we mentioned a couple of podcasts ago, you know, you do look at the pitching matchup. Uh, you do look at bullpens quite extensively. If you, if you want a deep dive on how to bet baseball, just check out the last episode of the podcast. It's there for you. Just check it out on the uh, our YouTube page, of course, the Dales Report, and that'll give you a better idea of what I put into my handicapping in the world of baseball. But I think I outlined that pretty well for you. Uh, finally, I think there's a lot of value when it comes to totals. Uh, that is combined totals in the CFL. I watch a lot of Canadian football. I live it. I breathe it. It is something that I watch maybe so you don't have to. I get excited about the CFL. I think the game is actually quite well played. Uh, last week, I gave out a CFL prediction that was trash. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to apologize for it. I got to wear it like a man, right? Last year, last week, I gave out the, the prediction that the BC Lions were going to just absolutely stomp the Hamilton Ticats. Uh, that didn't happen. It was based on the fact that the BC offense at the start of the season looked explosive. They looked phenomenal. 
Nathan Rourke is a quarterback who is just on a mission for the first few games of the season. He's gone missing. And it's large part thanks to the Hamilton Ticats. The Hamilton Ticats take on the Montreal Alouettes tonight. Uh, the Alouettes last two games have seen more than 60 points. It's been explosive. But the reason it's been explosive is because they've played teams like the Red Blacks, Ottawa, uh, and the Elks from Edmonton. I know these both teams used to be called something else, so I have to put the city identifier on there for you. Uh, Hamilton's got a great defense. Hamilton isn't Ottawa. Hamilton isn't Ed- Edmonton. Hamilton just shut down one of the most explosive offenses in the CFL. And they, they're they the team that keeps, I think they lead, I believe they lead the league in two and outs. So when you look at this, in, in forcing two and outs, uh, when you look at this, I think you're going to see a lot of in the middle of the field play. Neither of these teams really attack downfield all that much. Both of these quarterbacks, they have an average pass depth that's under 10. The The league average is 10.4. These two quarterbacks, uh, both Evans and Harris, are under 10. I think this game goes well under the total. It is set at 50 points. This is going to be a bad weather condition game as well. You remember uh, last time around, I talked a lot about how to watch weather when it comes to baseball and football games. The winds are expected to swirl around at about uh, 16 miles per hour. I think these quarterbacks are going to play very conservative football. So give me the under of 50 points tonight between the Alouettes and the Ticats. Uh, that's my, those are my picks tonight. So let me recap them for you. Detroit Lions over six and a half wins the Detroit Lions over six and a half wins for this upcoming NFL season. Tonight, the Cleveland Guardians minus 111 against the Boston Red Sox. Absolutely love that pick. And under when it comes to the total between the Montreal Alouettes and the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And of course, if you want to know how I bet all of those things, what the breakdown is, you got to listen each and every week to guarantee money. Uh, that is where I outline how to handicap games, how to actually get an education and a knowledge base that's going to make you a better, better. Next time around, Anthony Vero will be back. I thank you for listening and thank you for taking the time here on TDR's Guaranteed Money. Hey, thanks for watching. This is the part where we put you to work just a little bit. So like, subscribe, and of course, tap the bell to get alerts for when new content comes out. Leave a comment if you can. And if you really liked what you saw, share it on social media, won't you?